we're, we're ready for our YouTube. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, so what do you say? We're going to get into some, uh, to some questions here. As you guys know, you guys know the drill. Um, we had questions uh, that came in throughout the week. We'll go over those first. And then if you have a question for Andy, put them in the live comments. We're going to get to every single question tonight. I see Alice has got a question. I see One Step Forward on YouTube. Thank you guys in advance for going ahead and put those in there. I see Alice has got a great question about pellets. Uh, Terry, my man over in South Carolina, great to see you. Uh, dude, we've got Texas in the building tonight. We've got Texas. What? Wow. Yep. The, the other UT. Uh, I love it. The other UT is in the building. Um, yeah. all right. So let's, let's go ahead and get started guys. Um, I like starting, um, out with a, uh, a Manjaro question. Um, one, because it's, it's like top of mind for lots of different people. Uh, two, we have a ton of success stories, uh, that are, uh, with us in the audience, um, you know, lots of people have lots of success with it, but we have heard about, you know, maybe some correlation, uh, between Mount Jaro and ADD. Um, what's your thoughts on this? The question is, this came on Instagram. Why does Mount Jaro help with ADD? So, you know, this is a proposed mechanism. Whenever a new drug comes out, it's going to have an indication. And when you have an indication, you can bring something to market and it's indicated for that one thing. So with this, with, with all the GLP-1s and now GLP-1 and GIP, another gut incretin hormone, they're, they're finding out new things. So to indicate it for diabetes, because as you agonize the GLP-1, GIP receptors in the gut, insulin becomes sensitized, people lose weight, but also have a reduction in A1C because it works on insulin. It has a lot of different mechanisms because we're finding out that that hormone is not just in the gut. It's actually in the heart, which is why drugs like Ozempic and the newer ones, um, Mount Jaro might have that indication in the future. It doesn't have it now improves cardiac health, but it also too, we're finding out that, yeah, it is helping out with ADD. I've had a lot of comments and feedback from patients that it actually helps them feel more energized. My guess, and this is an educated guess, is that GIP receptors, just like GLP-1, live in the brain. And GIP has actually been associated with some ADD type symptoms or ADHD type symptoms. Mm. So if we're having a dysfunction with GIP and now we're agonizing it to work better, ADD and ADHD are going to improve. So much of that with psychiatric medicine is qualified by the DSM-5 criteria. So you're looking at do I fit a certain number of symptoms and a certain number of situations that has a decreased quality of life? And does it affect my activities of daily living? So a lot of it's based on your subjective measures rather than objective measures, like, like a lab value. So my, my, my answer to this would be probably because of GIP, and that's what makes it different than any of the other um, drugs in that class that it hits a new receptor and two it's, they call it the twinkerton because it's, it's looks like this and it hits both GIP GLP one, but it hits GIP way more than it does GLP one. That's why I think it helps out most with that. That's really interesting. Um, the way I would take it and what you're just saying is you'd still use it for weight loss. And this is kind of a side effect, uh, where it might help with people's focus, that sort of thing. Um, is that kind of, cause you're not going to use it for ADD. I don't think. 
No, it, so too, I think that will be a future thing. In fact, too, if a Manjara rep were on here, he'd be like, wow, thank you so much, but it's actually indicated for diabetes and a secondary side effect would be for weight loss. It's going to be indicated for, it's already been fast tracked to be approved for weight loss, but all those become side effects of primary indication. Mm. I think they'll do more studies. They're finding out that a lot of these drugs that um, affect like diabetes, the pathogenesis for like diabetes and these chronic illnesses like improve the brain. And it makes sense to me too, because a lot of these things, why these drugs work, like why Mount Jara works for so many people without diabetes. And I explain this in the room a lot. There's mild age-related insulin resistance. Just it's Insulin just doesn't work as well as you age. So when you make it work better, a lot of other functions become better too. That can be said the same way with the brain. The brain ages while you age too. And so if those receptors, uh, we just don't hit them as much as we get older. So I feel like that that's probably why people are feeling more energy on it, are focusing better. I don't know if that will necessarily be an indication for a young person with ADD or ADHD, just because the stimulants work really well. It is interesting to note too, stimulants decrease your appetite. So does Manjaro. So there's, there's some, there's some crossover. I'm going to put this up here from Molly here because, you know, obviously we're talking about Manjaro here. Molly's asking about Ozempic. My, I'm thinking it's because the GLP and the GIP and the Ozempic only has a GLP, but I'll let you kind of explain this one. Um, so I haven't gotten that feedback for focus. I really haven't. So to, I would say probably not as much. The feedback I get more and I won't tell the Ozempic reps this, but is that people actually feel more tired on it. People tend to feel a little bit tired on Ozempic. It's not true with everybody. A lot of times Ozempic works very well for people with energy levels, especially as glucose improves, if you're actually trading for diabetes. But um, I, I don't get that feedback. There are GLP-1 receptors in the brain though, and Ozempic at a certain dose crosses the blood-brain barrier. And I believe it might, I, I could be wrong. I'd have to look up the PI, but it might be at one milligram that it has to cross the blood-brain barrier. So um, I, I wouldn't associate it more with focus, that particular one. All right. Thank you for that. And great question there, Molly. Great um, question. Molly with the win. Al, you, woo <laughs> Throw me, throw me those GLP-1 questions. Don't get any hard ones. Jeez. Uh, oh, and here's a hard one. Okay. Here's a vertigo Dear question. Um, no, I, this is, I, I love this question because uh, vertigo is something that is is so devastating and, and difficult to deal with, and um, it actually comes up quite a bit. So I'm going to put this out here. So it's a, it's a long question. I'm going to give you some context, Ange. Uh, the question is, been dealing with vertigo for six weeks. After CAT scan, MRI, and extensive ear testing all came up negative for my symptoms of vertigo. My last ENT suggestion, my brain is overreacting. Wants, my, wants me to go on a migraine diet for 12 weeks. I do not have migraines or headaches. He did not like my supplement list I take. I got some contacts. She is uh, taking um, uh, our recommended supplements for the 60-plus age group. Um, Let's see, mm -hmm. I have daily access to a Beamer mat, uh, which I have read is similar to like an Avacyn, uh, an infrared sauna, an amp coil system. Question is, what do you suggest for treatment and what supplements would be beneficial? Also, is this something I could do for a phone consult with someone in your group? I do not live close by, and that's a perfect question for you because I know you're 
uh, in charge of our telehealth program. Um, tell me what your thoughts on this. What's, what, do you, what would you suggest here? That's a tough one. First off, thank you for that question. And I'm really sorry that you're dealing with that. That's There's a lot of things I don't wish on people. Vertigo, dizziness, that's one of them. It's uncomfortable. Um, and too, if you've ever experienced that, it's just not something that you want for other people. I do feel um, that is a huge umbrella question. That's one where it's um, the differential diagnosis is pages long. It's not usually a uh, oh, your hormones are off. Let's replace your hormones. You're in menopause. It's, it's not an easy question, nor um, an easy thing to work up. So you've gone through imaging for it. So whenever you're looking at causative etiologies, what is causing this? You, you think, is this anatomical? Is this biochemical? Is this neurotransmitters? Is this inflammation? Is this traumatic? Did you have head injury? Um, uh, two, is it iatrogenic? Is it something that you're taking? A lot of side effects and medication will have side effects of vertigo. Um, my suggestion for this would be um, it's extensive ear testing. That's that's something called a um, Dix-Hall-Pike test with an Epley maneuver. So when you're looking at vertigo, you're kind of looking at the inner ears. That's the vestibular system that is joint space positioning and your balance. That, in addition to what your brain says, creates your position in space. They call it joint space positioning. Um, so to, I, I think making sure that you have a good practitioner who's done the good ear testing. I actually had a patient come in with really severe vertigo. She's been worked up at Vanderbilt, and she's had different opinions from every neurologist and every EMT that she's gone to. Um, I would say too, so Dick's Hallpike test is to see if there's nice stagmus. So making sure that you have a good practitioner, they take your head and push you down basically and see if your eyes go like this, that's nice stagmus. Um, and two, to see if there's associated hearing loss or ringing in the ear, tinnitus or tinnitus. Those have different causative etiologies of vertigo, like Meniere's disease. Um, I do think it's important too, to have definitions. Um, dizziness is the umbrella vertigo. And so there's different types of dizziness. There's vertigo, disequilibrium, there's presyncope and lightheadedness, which are all different things. Vertigo is the room is spinning. Disequilibrium is I'm off balance, but not necessarily the world spinning in front of me. Um, presyncope means before passing out. It's that feeling of you're about to pass out, that lost feeling, which can be described as dizziness. And then lightheadedness, it's more of a vague feeling of feeling almost like out of body and not connected to the earth, all of which have different causes and different treatments. I think you, MRI and CAT scan, that's going to look for anatomical reasons. So is there an acoustic neuroma? Is there something growing in your brain or your brain stem that's causing your balance to be off? With those being negative, it's probably not a tumor growing, which is a good thing. Extensive ear testing is going to see if there's a um, an imbalance with the cannulus or the rocks that are in the vestibular system. Um, and two, also to see if there's fluid buildup. A lot of the times I'll tell you with vertigo, it's fluid. Um, so when they, when this practitioner told you to go on like a, um, migraine diet, a lot of that is just a very low inflammatory, low salt diet. Salt and water are like best friends. And so when you decrease your salt, you're decreasing your fluid, um, and that type of fluid, a lot of times practitioners will put you on a diuretic and your vertigo will go away. 
Um, so fluid is one thing that I would work on with decreasing your salt, um, watching fluid intake. Um, sometimes they say decrease caffeine, decrease alcohol. Those tend to increase the fluid, especially within the brain. It can cause that dizziness. Um, another thing too, um, is to try some medications. Sometimes it's doing like prednisone and seeing if it's inflammation, um, or inflammatory in nature, a short course of prednisone can just decrease the inflammation, which then can decrease the vertigo and you get out of a flare. Um, other testing that you could do is like a carotid IMT that's going to test and see how much uh, blood flow you're getting to the um, to the brain. So do it, it's almost like an ultrasound of your carotids on both sides to see if there's any narrowing that can cause vertigo. Um, a CT angiogram to kind of see what the blood flow looks like in the brain to make sure it's stimulating all parts of your brain. Um, seeing a really good ENT. I, I, we have a really good ENT in this area. I love Dr. Zions's group, ENT associates. They're the bomb. So making sure a good ENT is on board. Sometimes I'm just giving you everything I know about yeah. vertigo. I'm sure I'm like going off the rafters, but um, sometimes they'll do anticholinergics um, or benzodiazepines. So benzos like Xanax, Valium, those actually can kind of calm the vestibular system, which can then get you out of a flare. You don't want to be on those long-term. There's a drug called meclizine or antivert, which is like an anticholinergic drug. And that works against acetylcholine, which is a neurotransmitter in your brain that can also cause, if that's overactive, that can cause vertigo. Um, my first suggestion would be absolutely try, try the migraine diet or look for low salt um, low salt, low caffeine, low alcohol, or like a, like a very low inflammatory diet. That will help. That also helps anybody. Um, a further workup, I'd probably suggest getting uh, a carotid IMT, which you can get at any outpatient center. We do it at our Kingsport office once in a while, um, just to make sure that that blood flow looks good. Um, and then two, uh, trying out with a practitioner some of the um, Epley maneuvers. Um, that kind of helps reposition the canalis, even doing a short course prednisone too. Can we take care of this over telemed? Yeah. Like if anything I've been taught, dad always says, try, like try something. Yeah. So we can absolutely try something and we might not be able to get to the bottom of it that quickly just because we're not with you and can't see. I do think it's important with vertigo to see what hearing is and what your vision is, and does it accompany headaches? It says you don't have migraine or headaches, so that's not with it, but um, I like the Burma mat. Infrared sauna is amazing. Um, infrared sauna will decrease toxins, but also too, well, it kind of gets you to sweat things out and you'll lose salt that way, so that's mm -hmm. probably a good thing. I'm not sure about the AMP or the AMP coil system, but um, that would I would have to look that up, but um, I'm sure that cannot hurt. Supplements for vertigo. There's not a great supplement list that's specific to vertigo that I know of. I'll, I'll look that up and see if there's anything specific for it. I would try the diet first. Uh, that it looks like the migraine diet. Okay, I really hope that helps. I know that's a um, just a terrible thing to go through. So uh, make sure you keep us posted on on how that's going. Try some of those things that Andy suggested. Uh, Andy, great explanation. And that's what I. And I see Alice in the comments for vertigo, go to physical therapy and get flipped. That's so too, that's, that's like an epoid. That's like they, they reposition all that stuff. Even there's something called benign positional, benign paroxysmal positional vertigo. And so you look up and you, and you get dizzy. 
um, uh, that's, that's a, um, that's a common way to kind of like you honestly just learn how to position your head and kind of put reposition the catalyst in there. Mm. Uh, thank you, Alice, for putting that in there again. If you guys have any suggestions, things that have worked for you, put in the comments so we'll make sure that this listener can get some of these uh, ideas. Um, all right, we're going to go to this one here. This is an estradiol question. Um, the question is, it seems that this person's on hormone therapy. Why would my estradiol number have decreased this month if my dosage was increased? A little context for you, Ange. I was very consistent to apply every single day and always at the same time, which was the evening, and also did blood draw at the same time of day. Uh, some numbers, it went from 49 to 28 in 30 days, which seems pretty significant to me. What's your, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah. So, um, my initial thought would be creams are notoriously variable, notorious for being variable. I'm not surprised by seeing a number of 49 go to 28. Um, it is significant, but I'd say too, um, especially with increasing doses, I would venture to say you'd probably stay around the same or go up a little bit. Um, I'm never surprised with creams that it doesn't just always go up with, um, with the pellets, there's just not a ton of room for error and not that you're doing anything wrong, but when you apply something on your skin, your skin barrier changes all the time. Even at the same spots, you can have different absorptions based on how open your pores are. So too, I even talked to a compounding pharmacist and I have a patient that does it on a wrist. I'm like, can they do that? Yes, you can. You just get it very fast because if you think yeah. that, that absorption is like right there. So we do it on the inner leg or inner thigh or back of knee, A, because usually those creams have testosterone in it and you can have ab hair, abnormal hair growth at the site of administration. So that's an easily hideable, shapeable place for abnormal hair growth. If it's just estrogen in there too, you can play around with the places some. Um, you'll get faster absorption here on the wrist, but you usually have to do it twice a day. Mm. Um, because it's in and out more quickly. I do think too, it's not something that's routine with our clinic, but I would look at the formula of your bias. Usually when we're doing estradiol cream, we're having two forms of estrogen, estradiol and estriol. So you might have a different formulation. It's usually 80% estradiol, 20% estriol. Um, sometimes we do a 50-50 combo for patients that may suffer from migraines associated with estrogen or with when they used to cycle, they used to have migraines, a 50-50 combo works well. And usually that estradiol number doesn't go up as much because you're having more estriol absorption. Um, things to consider is changing to the palate if that's ever part of budget or interest because you usually get, usually get better number results that way. Um, or two, um, I always say doing it after a shower, your pores are open, you have heat. So heat allows pores to be more open. And so you might get better absorption if it's right after a shower and letting it, making sure that it dries before rubbing off, um, or putting on any clothes. Super interesting. So you're, Oh, Rachel's in the who's I'm sorry. I'm looking at the comments. There what up, go. what up, Rachel? Uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh. Uh, Rachel, I, I can confirm, uh, Andy is my favorite brother. Um, you're number one, man. Am I number I'm one to you? you? Rachel has to put up with me every day, every day. It's like groundhog day. Oh my 
God. Uh, <laughs> I'm in a song, I get in song modes. Right now, it's been the Pina Colada song every day. I went through, I went, I go through phases, but sorry, I just had to tell that to Rachel. Anyways, um, so uh, with that changing up space, so maybe trying a different part of your body, actually, to see, trying the pellets. I think pellets are amazing. Uh, our granddad uh, was, our granddad was, yes, you are my favorite brother. That's a side note, of course, of course. Um, but um, granddad always say, if you have a choice between a shot and a pill, take a shot because it's going to be in. They just work better. Same way with a pellet. And I never say that too, because sometimes creams do work for patients. I've had patients be on very low doses of creams and their estrogen skyrockets, very different per patients. Um, and two different times of year, your skin changes with the season too. The dermis is, that's why I say the creams are notoriously variable. So I'm not surprised by that. But if you want to stick with creams, I would say try out different places, do a hot shower, see if your pores are open um, and see if numbers and symptomatic relief gets better. I'd say as far as numbers is it's significant, but is it super important between 49 and 28, maybe not, but between 49 and 80, yes. So we try to hit that 60 to 80 goal um, because that's where research and the A for M, where we get these integrative numbers, show that you're hitting the brain, the bones, the heart, more for preventative measures. But a lot of estrogen also deals too with um, symptom relief. Super interesting. I'm seeing that it went from 49 to 28. Okay. Okay. But you're wanting them higher? Up in the you want them high. You are, yeah, goals are higher. All right. I hope that helps. Great answer there, Ange. Um, let's see here. I'm gonna welcome. Why, you. thank you, Ben. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I want to give a shout out. I see Tracy's in the building. Tracy, welcome. Hey, Tracy, in. what up? Uh, Frida's oh, here. Yeah. Frida's got a great question. Thank you. I see Roel's question. Um, these are awesome, guys. Keep those in the comments. We're going to get to those in, in just a second here. Um, let's move to the next one here. Uh, this is a kind of a, a environmental thing. Um, you've often told me we live in a, a toxic world. Um, any suggestions for non-toxic weed control in the yard? Uh, sure hate to use toxins that we so badly want to avoid, but also don't like weeds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. What's your thoughts on this, Ange? So to, there's a couple of different companies i know these got submitted earlier so i looked up some i haven't if you looked at my yard right now you'd be like you don't do anything to your yard i get chance moss to i get chance to mow my yard someone told me the last weekend they go <laughs> they go um i said something about oh my i was in arizona i was like oh my god all this dirt and rocks out here i, I miss like grass like having a yard they're like you must not be a homeowner and i went I beg to differ. I am a homeowner. <laughs> he goes, he goes, do you not hate mowing the yard? I went, I, I don't mow my yard. I don't mow it. The Rogers boys, we're not like outdoorsy people. You know what I mean? We don't mow. <laughs> He's like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? So, so too, I, I have not, there are natural pesticide controls that you can do. There's actually DIY stuff. So I looked this up. There's DIY for your um, like pesticides. Um, there's an organic garden spray for stuff off of Amazon, Wonderside, Dr. Earth. Um, but to, a lot of it is like, I think vinegar, like 
I think vinegar and alcohol work well. I'd have to see, but I, there's like a, there's like certain weed killers you can use that are all natural that don't have the toxins in them. Mm -hmm. Um, especially too, when your dog goes, it's, Thank you, Chrissy. Matt put on there. So vinegar. So vinegar is one of them too. You, vinegar is a really good cleaner. I've actually been looking at stuff for like getting rid of smells naturally in your house. I have three dogs or like your shoes smell. Baking soda is really good for that for using in your house. Alcohol spray that's diluted. You can spray your clothes with that. Um, but all these suggestions that you're seeing in the comments are great. A lot of it's vinegar. A lot of it's, yeah. Super that's great. But too, that's something I haven't used personally, but I do think it's worth it, especially if you're going to be around it. Because when you're spraying, I mean, remember all the Roundup stuff? Yeah. 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 Uh, great question there. Thank you for that, Ange. Great comments, guys, on that. Uh, Epsom salts and vinegar. Uh, I see Carter's in the building. Carter, what is going on? Oh, She's here. Carter. Carter's here. Carter, Carter in the hoose. <laughs> Carter in his house. In the house. Uh, so good to see you. Um, all right, let's get to, um, I love this question because I know, um, you're one that's very good at counting carbs, but also probably counting protein as well. Um, this is a protein question. Um, I'm going to see if I, I hope I don't, didn't butcher this question. Um, only whole eggs versus one or two whole eggs plus additional whites for more protein without all the calories goes on to say I've read some I've read some that say the protein is not good if not the whole egg but some things still say egg whites are good protein also to get 24 grams of protein in a post workout meal that would be four whole eggs every day which seems like too many so this questions around one um, is egg white still good or do you absolutely need the whole thing um, and then it's, uh, around, you know, the four eggs to get you to the 24, uh, grams of protein. Um, what, what, what's your thoughts? I, just because I know, I, I know you're, you're conscious about this stuff. So how would you approach it? Yeah, I think this is a great question. Um, my, we'll talk about the eggs in a second. Perfect aminos. If you're looking to get the most bioavailable protein get perfect aminos, um, that's a company that makes a, um, protein powder that is not like whey protein, not animal source protein. It is like you are, it's better than branch chain amino acids. You're going to get the most complete and most bioavailable and best absorption from, from perfect aminos. So if you're looking at like, I need the best bang for my buck with the least amount putting into my system, perfect aminos. But do I love eggs? Yes. I love them. Absolutely. Like we were meant to eat eggs. Eggs got a bad name because of cholesterol. And so two, it raised people's cholesterol. And now we have much, and two, we have a very different approach to cholesterol than most uh, practitioners or traditional health does. Um, you're going to have a, you're probably going to get a raise, a, a rise in cholesterol with eating the yolk. So two, that's why people went to egg whites. It's like the yolk is bad. It's the fat, it's the cholesterol. Um, when really, I think the whole egg is better. Get the whole thing. I think it's a good fat. It's a good protein. Uh, two, you're right. It's about six grams per um, of protein per egg. So two to get 24, four whole eggs. That's a lot, but also it's not. I've seen people do a lot more eggs in one day than that. So I don't think four is a ton if you're just wanting to get it from eggs. My suggestion would be find a different source of it that's more bioavailable and you're going to absorb. You're not going to absorb all that, all, all that protein. 
it's going to be broken down in your gut prior to you absorbing it. So I'd say find a different way, but also would I like it? Yes, absolutely. Go ham on it. That's a natural food. It has no additives to it. Know your sourcing of eggs. So two, I would not, I would do pasture raised eggs or two local eggs where you know who's know the chickens that are laying it. I know that sounds stupid, but it's, it's worth it um, because you're getting anything that the egg comes from that any, anything the chicken eats, you're going to eat too, if it's coming from it. So um, I think getting a very clean egg, it's high, it's rich in omega threes too. I, I, I think it's a great thing to eat the whole thing. All right. Great stuff there. I love talking about that because you know, one, and it's a free food, no carbs, yeah. no insulin stimulation. Yep. Uh, great question there. Um, let's get to this real quick. Then we're going to move to the live comments. I see uh, questions are coming in. Um, the question is, I know you typically say CT calcium score just every 10 years, but I had one in 2017 and would love to do it again now just for the knowledge. Would you say yes or no to that? I'd say amen. Amen, sister or brother. I don't know who brought this comment, but I'd say amen. Say what, what, what? Yeah, knowledge is power. No, too, if you're getting a CT calcium score every 30 days, too much. It's too much exposure to radiation. It's not telling you anything different. I, I have seen patients, including Miss, you know, our. Hold on, did I lose it? a good joke. But um, dad's CT calcium score has changed over, over, over the course of a year. So too, that, that, those scores can change, especially every 10 He's saying every 10 years, if we're not concerned about certain things, say if you have a family history where everyone's had a heart attack or everyone's had placking, everyone has stints, I'd get it more often. It, it can change after a year. Um, so I'd say too, if you have a couple over a couple years that are pretty normal, then I'd say span it out. So you're not getting so much exposure to radiation, but to 2017 to now, absolutely. I would do it. Like, I can't wait to get mine. Dad still says like, hold off, but I might do it behind his back. <laughs> Fran, is Fran on here? Can you write that for me? That'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Guys, we're going to get to the live comments here. I'd like to welcome everybody in if you're new to the show. Uh, we're, this is where we take live health and wellness questions. It's a performance medicine show. So glad to have my brother here, Andy Rogers, with me. Um, Andy, you ready for this? We're going. Uh, bring it on! Can you hear the dogs barking in the background? You know what? We love dogs on this show, man. I, we're we're totally fine with it. <laughs> really? Okay. Cool. 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 Should I? While you bring up the first question, do you want me to bring another lamp over here? Whatever you need to do, man. I'm gonna get things ready. I'm just gonna get real close. I'm gonna get real close. <laughs> mom's Dude, gonna mom's kill gonna me. mom's gonna be so upset at your lighting. <laughs> I know. Can you know what? Maybe, maybe can PM spare for another ring light? I know. I'm going to do this. You know what I'm saying? I know. We do. I'm getting so uh, new. You know, news out there for everyone. I am getting my headshots redone on on Saturday. My last headshot I got done. um, I looked like this, and I was 22. So uh, time to redo them. Time to redo them. I I am fully toxed. So hopefully, I don't make any expression. It'd be great. Uh, we all want to know, are you keeping that haircut for the headshots or are we getting a little <laughs> fresh cut? Well, actually what's going to happen is that I can be safely fall from a bike because of the helmet that I have on my head right now. Um, this is a lot of hair. This is brought to you, especially by collagen gummies, 
minoxidil and finasteride there coming we go. to you live there we go <laughs> coming to you live so i'm um, never gonna lose my hair but also too yeah no i'm gonna thin this bad boy out you know what I'm, I'm gonna put this up here i'm doing this for uh for katie here and because you're you're the poster boy of this uh you're the you're the healthy happy hair poster boy uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I can just see yes, do that. Oh my God. I can I'll see your face here. being right next to it. Um, all right, let's get to one step forward here on YouTube. Uh, love a saffron magnesium question. I take saffron and magnesium before bedtime and have no trouble falling asleep or getting into a deep sleep, but wake up several times with minor pain in shoulder and neck. I can take Advil, goes on to say, but would rather not take them every night. Is there a natural supplement that is safe for everyday use? I'm assuming this is for the pain. Um, what, what, what's your thoughts on this? I love talking about sleep. I love it. So, so I actually work for um, uh, a company called Idorcia, and I speak on a drug called Qvivic. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so too, I've had to like look at a lot of sleep and what causes disruption in sleep, a lot of which are hormones. So too, Making sure that we know what is making you get up is important. This is that's for everybody. It's like, yep. what is causing you to get up? Are you urinating? Are you in pain? Are you having ambient light? Is a dog waking you up? I've had a lot of things being like, what's actually bringing you up? Is it nothing? Is it your brain racing? So, too, if you know that it's minor pain in your shoulder and neck, um, to anything to de uh, decrease the inflammation. So, inflammation is what's usually causing the pain making sure I would, I would absolutely get that checked out by a PT to make sure that you're having, there's a, I had shoulder pain forever. I'm not kidding you. And I always thought like, this is like a weird thing, but I never went to like a PT or like whatever in school. Cause I didn't think tennis players like should, I don't know, like the football players went and I was a tennis player. I was like, get over it. You know, I didn't get hit, but I shoulder pain a lot. And it turns out yeah, I had overuse, but I was also sleeping on it. And I literally, I only sleep on my right side. And I was digging into my shoulder and my neck on that side. So when I went to Ernie, our PT, I hugged a pillow and slept on my back and pain went away. We're meant to sleep on our backs. Yep. Right? Side sleeping is not, actually not good. I still sleep on my side. It's really hard sometimes to control that. But um, to, it seems like our, our, our etiology, our pathophysiology is pain in the shoulder waking you up. If you're looking at something natural, I would say do curcumin turmeric. I would do upwards of 800 milligrams, if not 1600 milligrams, like four of them a night or a day. That will naturally help decrease the inflammation. Um, that's my favorite. I've had people take as high as like four grams of turmeric. Another good anti-inflammatory is omega-3s. I'm doing upwards of 2,000 milligrams of EPA, DHA. Um, maybe prescription-wise, look at low-dose naltrexone. If you're knowing that this isn't from like something you're doing, like sleeping on it, and you have unknown pain in your right shoulder or whatever shoulder this is or neck, and you don't have an anatomical reason for it, like, hey, I have impingement coming out of my spinal cord, or I have previous injury overuse, Lotus naltrexone is great for just general anti-inflammatory and also great sleep. Mm. Um, even looking at peptides, peptides, technically, I would consider them kind of natural because it's a natural sequence of amino acids. Um, and um, I, I think that will help sleep and also decrease the inflammation mm. and, and also to increase growth hormone, which helps with muscle repair. 
yeah, I, I think we're going to talk more and more about peptides. Uh, over peptides the, are the thing. They're, they're, the, they're really, the Robin does a great job of, of going into some of the specific peptides um, on explain this. And it's just, man, it feels like it's the future and the future is here. Um, oh yeah. I talked to, is Mark Milford on tonight? I don't know if I, I saw Mark. Seen Mark. Mark, are you out there? I've not seen a comment from Mark. A, what shout, up, what up? A huge shout out to Mark. He's one of my brothers. I love, oh, I love yeah. Mark. But Mark and I talked a lot about peptides last week. And yeah. so too, they're going to be on the, they're going to be on the rise. FDA is going to crack down on them because they work. <laughs> I mean, because they work and, and two, it's not, um, it's not going through retail, but, um, but two, it's, it's, it's an amazing, they're amazing products. I love the peptides. I'm on, CJC IPAM right now and love it. Yep. Yep. Getting ripped by the minute. Like, like, you know, <laughs> I'm just sitting here. I'm not even working out. I'm, I'm working out right now. Can we just give a, sh a shout out to grandma Mary? Um, Kiki. Kiki. Kiki's in the house. She is in the house. I, I, I believe, uh, I, I tell you what, I love the Blake. We got Allison here from the Blake and I, and she yeah. has a good question here. Um, the question is the hormone leptin, I believe is what she's saying, uh, that's, that causes weight loss. Why can that not be inserted into the hormone pellets? Um, and I, I hope I'm not butchering that, uh, Alice, I hope I'm asking that right. I do believe you're at, talking about leptin. Let's see if I have, if I have any, uh, what's your, what's your initial thoughts on that? I guess, you know, right now pellets are I... estradiol and testosterone, correct? And progesterone, no, and astrazole. Wait, wait, say that again. It it kind of um, did go out. We kind of skipped out. Say that again. So I think one yeah, of, it went out for a second. You yeah. said something about estradiol. Oh, why can't it be added to a pellet? Yeah, yeah, leptin. Uh, I believe. So too, I'm gonna, is it leptin or leptin? I actually don't use that one quite a bit. Leptin or leptin. 10. Uh, see, it's, it's this. Alice is saying leptin, the hormone leptin. The hormone leptin, can it be put in pellets? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like something to do with like fat tissue. I think it so does. So leptin, sorry, leptin. Um, so le leptin is um, also a satiety hormone. Ghrelin, leptin. Yep. Yep. Ghrelin, CCK, and leptin. So like satiety and too, which was where the GLP ones work too. It kind of increases satiety. I think that's mechanism. I'm not familiar with it being inserted into a pellet or something that you would. I, I don't have a lot of people just taking leptin yeah. um, for appetite suppression or for weight loss. Um, that might be something for the future. But to um, naltrexone, people, there's a naltrexone pellet for weight loss. Really, um, which is gnarly yeah you get some really good results off of naltrexone pellets we've thought about doing that we just haven't really ventured into it um, but naltrexone pellets do exist and can be inserted similar to testosterone estrogen into a pellet tray and then into the hip area um and it works great for weight loss but a lot of that's with when you're looking at that i think it's appetite suppression um yep. So when you're when with that, I think it just the mechanism is different. I don't know about it being inserted to a pellet. That'd be interesting to know. Companies like Wells or Olympia, those would be the ones to look at to see if they even offer that type of stuff. Um, but too, that's something that we need to venture into. Now, yeah. Trexone pellet, I think, would be awesome. 
Super interesting. Thank you, Alice, for putting that in there. I'm That's gonna... a great. Oh, and for the Blake. Thank you. I love the Blake. Shout out to the Blake. Shout uh, out to the grand piano and the bar at the Blake. Woo-woo. I'm going to put this up here from uh, Lisa. Lisa had such a great success story last week. She's lost a ton of weight um, yeah. on, I believe it's Mount Jaro. Um, and it seems uh, there is a weight loss plateau. Um, how do you get past that and start losing weight again? And Lisa, if I'm wrong, I, I do think it's Mount Jaro. Um, but got, she's, uh, she's insulin dependent. So got to decrease her insulin. Um, so huge success here. Uh, what's your thoughts about just getting over a plateau with, with one of these, uh, weight loss indications? That's a great question. So a lot of that too deals with what is your total daily energy expenditure expenditure and what is your basic metabolic rate? So a lot of people have a set point. And so we have one set point that we, kind of where we at, we're at at our goal weight or our best weight, our most confident weight. Um, and then too, that can be misman- not mismanaged, but reset whenever we gain weight. So it's almost like we get to a different set point and a different metabolism. So with resetting that and getting, it's almost like you plateau again at this, this, like this basic rate or set point. Um, I think too, it's kind of like muscle confusion. If you just keep doing yoga and keep doing yoga and keep doing yoga, you're not really seeing much after doing it for a decade and not doing something else. I would change it up 100%. Even either change up what you're doing with Mount Jaro, like try Rebelsis, Trulicity, Sexinda, Ozempic, just for a couple months, like change it up a little bit and then go back on. So it's almost like you can almost like muscle confusion. You're just getting your body to try something different and it may may respond better to it. Another thing to do is change up your nutrition, like absolutely change up nutrition and make sure that nutrition exercise are in conjunction with Manjaro. Um, Nutrition is huge. If if you're hitting a weight loss plateau, I would look at carnivore. Mm. I, I had a really cool, one of my... One of my favorite patients. Oh my God. I love her. I, I love her. Um, came to me today. She's a type one and a half. Okay. Which do type one and a half is rare. Type one and a half is, is very difficult to manage um, and to have too. I say that like, it's a big deal for me. For her, it's very hard to manage. Like it's, it's a difficult one because you're not type two and you're not type one. You have beta cells that make insulin, but you have antibodies working against them. And a lot of that is with gut dysbiosis. That's a lot of where autoimmunity comes. She's tried metformin, which worked for a while, berberine, which worked for a while, some nutritional changes which worked for a while, um, over the counters, um, and then Ozempic and loved Ozempic worked for a while. And then her sugars were getting wonky. See peptide, which is a cleaving off of pro-insulin to insulin. So it's how active your insulin is, was changing she went carnivore and she's done it for pretty religiously for six months now, I believe off of everything. That's incredible. Off of everything. Weight is brilliant. Her sugars are, and she said her, her sugars, they were like literally just 100. I've never seen anything like that. And that's from nutrition only. So I'd say two, to get out of a plateau, see where your nutrition's at, see what you're doing. See our nutrition coach, Lucas, like get a plan and, and, and see what that looks like. Even with nutrition after a little while, you have to change up too. But I think change up even two Botox. If you do Botox for decades, change the toxin, try something different oh. for a little bit. If you feel like you don't respond as well. 
Uh, can, can I ask you, when you see a patient, and what, what do you kind of qualify as a plateau? Like how, what, what's the time span Ooh. that equals a plateau in, in your, kind of in your eyes? Uh, it depends. It depends on the patient because too, it depends on where you are with goal. Okay. Sometimes also to do a really good self-assessment deep dive into, am I like at a plateau or am I right where I need to be? I, I've, I've, I've worked with some people in the past that were really upset that they lost like 120 pounds and didn't lose more. I'm like, that's a whole person. I mean, you've lost a person. That's a good thing. So too, there's a lot of things to be like, you might not get you. And that is a hard thing to answer and to say, but you really might not get to, and I'm not speaking right now to you, Lisa. I'm talking generally, like people may not get to where they think they should be or want to be. But 100 pounds off, 150 off, it's incredible. 50, 50, 50 pounds off, 20 pounds off, that's incredible. And so it's almost like, hey, I might not be where I'm at, but I've continued to lose for a really long time. And this is maybe where I need to sit for a little bit. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't try things, but I definitely wouldn't let, let it get you down. I would say after about three to six months of doing consistently the same thing, I'd consider it a plateau. Uh, one other thing, just for for Lisa here, if if there's anyone here with us live in the in the comments, uh, if you've if you've been through a plateau and have seen kind of the other side and started to lose again, uh, put in the comments and kind of let us know what you did, what worked for you. Uh, that way, we can share it uh, with Lisa here with some uh, different strategies. Um, and I'm also, too, if you've seen fire and you've seen rain. If you've seen sunny days that you thought would never end. Are you playing James Taylor in the, in the office? <laughs> you've seen lonely day at times where you could not find a friend. I love me some James. Uh, let's get to Roel here. Um, Roel's asking, I, okay, I have a family member, male, with a 6.0 A1C and having leaky gut issues. Not on any meds. Any suggestions? Uh, you're the perfect person to ask about this. Uh, what's your thoughts? Oh, thanks. I love talking about A1C. So definition of A1C for anybody listening today, A1C is the portion of the red blood cell where sugar sticks. So hold on. Looks like this red blood cell, A1C, red blood cell, A1C, that's sugar. And sugar looks like this. It's spiky and it cuts. So when it sticks on here, it cuts the artery. So that's what hemoglobin A1C means. Portion of the red blood cell where sugar sticks. And the higher a more percentage coverage it is, the more opportunity it has to nick the arteries and the small arterioles that go to your eyes, your kidneys, and your feet. That's why those three complications are huge with diabetes. A 6% A1C gives us a definition of prediabetes. Anything over 5.7, between 5.7 and 6.4 is before diabetes or prediabetes. So so not on any meds, I would absolutely, I would start diabetes medications, mm. absolutely start diabetes medications, start them before you actually, the A1C of 6.5 is technical definition and may be hard to have coverage for those, but you can start metformin, you can start berberine, the GLP-1s like Ozempic or GLP-1, GIP like Manjaro. Um, to a lot of the... Um, the newer, like every year, the Endocrinology Society and the American Diabetes Association put out new clinical guidelines for treatment algorithms. Most of the treatment algorithms are in stepwise approach. Start with diet and exercise, add something else, add something else, add something else. 
they used to do it very generically. Now it's what is your goal or what is the kind of root problem, which I actually really like these guidelines. You can Google them. Um, you can look and say, is weight loss my goal? Is cardiovascular issues my goal? Is kidney issues my goal? And then it gives you actually different treatment guidelines. Um, leaky gut, so that means that the junctions that the gut should be like this with a little bit of permeability, and now they're like this. That means things come in and start to cause usually autoimmune issues or gastrointestinal issues. With leaky gut, metformin might not be first choice, though it's the easiest because it can cause gastrointestinal distress. Um, but but two, I would start I would start something. Look at gut health. Look at some of the diabetes medications. If you're looking at supplementation, I think starting with berberine, even though it can cause some of that GI stuff, anywhere from 400 milligrams a day to 1600, like one for one with metformin, I wouldn't be scared of starting metformin or ozempic, depending on what in the background, if you're looking for any weight loss with that too. Even dietary changes, looking at a low inflammatory diet and autoimmune plan or a ketogenic diet will reduce your insulin resistance. So nutritionally, he could, you could, you could, you could fix 6% with nutrition alone. Mm. I'm seeing here. Hey, Mark, I want to shout out to Margo's in the house. Margo is in the building. Let's put Margo up here. Can you hear me? Uh, Margo. Ah. Hey, so we're, we're sending shout out. Margo's got a full day in Knoxville tomorrow, baby. Yes, she and two, Margo. Yep. Margo single-handedly sewed up. Amanda sewed today. Up, um, set up Amanda today, which is, which is amazing. So yeah. too, not only can she make pretty sutures, she can also fix your hormones, your gut, your thyroid. Margo's amazing. I was actually with Margo's uh, friends from the urgent care she worked at where I met Margo and they all just couldn't stop talking about her. They loved her. So it. we're very, very lucky to have her. We love you, Margo. Thank you so much for being with us this evening. Um, I'm going to put this up here uh, from Fabian because it has to do with what we talked about with Roel. Um, Fabian did blood work and his um, 6.0 A1C doctor saying uh, Mediterranean diet. I know you're a fan. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on this? Um, so I actually like Mediterranean diet. I do. Um, so Mediterranean diet, um, it's just rich in omega-3s. That's what it is, which is why it's infl inflammatory. And so for lowering A1C, it can help. I will tell you, I went to that conference last year, the A4M conference, all of it was on culinary medicine and nutrition. Every single person had a different idea. Everybody, every pre presenter that went up there said something different, but they all said the only one clinically relevant from studies supporting clinical nutrition and nutritional intervention is Mediterranean. Mm. That's the only one that's like on paper to show everybody agrees that's at least if you can't choose one, you choose that one. And so I actually love a Mediterranean diet because it's, it's, it's different. You get to eat a lot of different things. It's not boring. Sometimes with food, if food's boring, you won't eat it and you'll fall off the wagon. But Mediterranean rich in omega-3s that's in low in omega-6s, which is going to be very anti-inflammatory. So I like, I like that one. All right. Let's get to, to Frida here on YouTube. Uh, hey, guys. Hope you're good. A question, anything you recommend natural to help with reflux? Would love to, love to get off Nexium. Been on them for many years. Uh, what do you think about this with Frida? So too, Robin, this may be something that, that I'd pitch to Robin at some point because Robin's our gut expert. Or two, um, 
Lucas, because um, Lucas does a lot of it. A nutritional intervention is probably the most natural way you can fix reflux is the things that you're eating. Um, so that's number one is cutting out. Usually it's the fun foods, chocolate, acidic foods, spicy foods, tomatoes, lectins, the foods that containing lectins increase your uh, reflux, alcohol increases your reflux. Two, Nexium's a PPI, so that's a proton pump inhibitor. If you're going to do something that's maybe not natural, but still over the counter, I would choose an H2 blocker instead of Nexium. Nexium, you want protons. A lot of times you want protons, but histamine, you don't really want histamine. So I think a safer choice would be to look at Zantac Pepsid AC while getting off of Nexium. Nexium can be harmful to your bones over the long run. And you really want to use that more short term, though everybody, you're not the only one. Everybody gets on these long term and, and they're sometimes hard to get off. Um, I would also, there's an at-home reflux test. Yep. Lucas would have to tell me more, but you drink something and if you burp, it means you have low acid or high acid. Yep. I don't know off the top of my head, but a natural way is actually a lot of people get on hydrochloric acid and literally just take that and that fixes your reflux. A lot of the times reflux is actually low acid, not high acid. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's one big thing. One problem with these, uh, I, I guess it's the PPIs, is they, they take out all the acid and, uh, and you actually need some uh, in your stomach, which is super interesting. I hope that helps, Frida. Um, it, that's something yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. That's a tough one too. Uh, thank you for that question. I want to get this in from, because uh, one, because I just love this name, Gator Hater for Life. Go Vols. Um, question, visited PM for the first time today. Thank yeah, you. Vols. That's awesome. Um, and didn't have a chance to ask about peptides before the doctor had to go. I did have a normal testosterone level 306, but on the lower side, uh, do CrossFit, uh, referee, very active. Uh, so what would be the best options for optimal uh, muscle growth and weight loss? Uh, uh, great question. Very common question we get. Uh, what's your yeah. thoughts on this, Andrew? And next time that you're in the room with dad and he leaves like that, I want you to look at him in the eye and say, hey, hey, I'm not done. <laughs> say, Andy told me that you can't leave this room. You haven't told me about peptides yet. <laughs> and also, too, tell him, say, hey, Andy, wanted, Andy wants you to know. Your handwriting is really hard to read. Okay. Get a computer. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't say that. I'll deny I ever told you to say that. No, this is actually a great question because you have two things you're talking about. So yes to normal testosterone level at 306, but also you're right, lower end. So too, you can absolutely bump up that testosterone with some eight natural, I call it biking, biking on one end, forerunner. Cadillac. Biking is going to be your naturals. How do I make bound testosterone unbound? So how do I increase my free and bioavailable? So there's products like Supermira Forte, Boron, Bromelin, although that has some other side effects too, which are good side effects. Bromelin. Um, and there's another product called Masculini Tea. Those are all natural proprietary blends that increase your free and total and bioavailable testosterone. My first guess is to get that 306 up. I, I would get that up. Even looking, depending on where you are in your life, Clomid HCG, those are um, G and RH agonists, which then increase luteinizing hormone, increases sperm, increases testosterone. That's the forerunner. It's like forerunner. It's very reliable, yep. but you know, you're going to be in that for a long time. 
Cadillac, you got you to gotta commit to Cadillac if you want testosterone to go. And that's actually being on testosterone. So my first suggestion would be maybe look at different interventions if you didn't do one today um, to, to, to increase that 306. And if you want to call me in Johnson City Clinic tomorrow, if, they, if we didn't start anything and you want to start it, we'll, we'll start it tomorrow if you just call me. Um, but very active, referee high school basketball, CrossFit, you're a very active person. And I love that because your activity level on a lower side of testosterone, that's amazing. So you're utilizing all that tea. Peptides, what they do is increase your growth hormone. Your insulin growth like factor one. Robin's got some great videos online. You're absolutely a candidate and the best options for muscle growth and weight loss. I love the peptide therapies. Yeah. Peptide therapies, all that means is put something in your body that pings something else. It kind of acts like a hormone, but it goes up to your pituitary and says, release something. And there's different formulas to release different things. With the peptides you're talking about, you're wanting to get more insulin growth like factor one and your own precursor to growth hormone, which is growth hormone release, recent growth hormone. Everything has a releasing hormone. Mm. So, so that's how the peptides work. My recommendation would be CJC, IPAM. That's a combination. That's probably a little bit more potent than Samorlin, although Samorlin's another great option. The big difference is potency and price. I saw a comment in here about yeah. price. CJC yeah. IPAM is pretty expensive. Um, depends on where you get it. The one we get from Create runs in like the 400s for a month supply. It's expensive. Yeah. Samorlin's less expensive. Um, and you can find resources online that you can get without a prescription. We don't recommend it, but have people done it and been fine? <laughs> I can't say that out loud, but look at my head. Yes. But to the one we have, I like the one we have. I'm always more for prescription, but um, price is sometimes um, yeah. a limiting factor to that. But I think absolutely for optimal muscle growth, weight loss, peptides, especially with how active my CrossFitters, my yogis, they love the peptides because they need to be stimulated with exercise. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're already doing that. You're going to get a lot of bang for your buck out of it. But I want to you know, shake a stick at doing some Clomid um, yep. or even some of the natural stuff to bring that testosterone level up. Um, great question there. I'm, I'm the real quick. I just got to give a shout out to Tabitha. We've got so much of our PM team in here tonight and I, uh, they're just the best long day at the office and they're with us here live tonight as are you. Thanks Andy for this. This is incredible. Tabitha of course is in our Kingsport office. Uh, so if you ever are in the Kingsport Tabitha. office, uh, you've seen Tabitha, a uh, huge shout out there. And I want to get to Cindy's question real quick and, yes. and, uh, Thank you, Shauna, for putting this up here. Um, Shauna's saying, I, I just, I love the honesty of this. Uh, so this is for Lisa and the Plateau and uh, uh, ate some junk food for a few weeks. And, and, yes. And then went back yes. on a strict diet. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh my God. Yes. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's like muscle confusion. Like sometimes giving your body a little bit of a break. Yeah. Um, actually, Lucas at one point too, he did this routinely. So for six days, very clean, unprocessed foods, strict. And then on Sundays, he ate like garbage. Yeah. Like literal garbage. And, and, and two, he continued to lose. It's almost like you, you trick your gut into stimulating all the good stuff to fight the bad stuff you just put into it. And, and I do think part of that, because I've heard some podcasts that talk about this very strategy, you do have to be strict on the days that you eat you know, on point, you need to be strict in order to kind of warrant that cheat day. Um, let's get to Cindy here. Cindy, thank you so much for being patient with me uh, on this question. 
Um, question is, what is recommended for gout for male in late 30s, some alcohol consumption and red meat uh, supplements and prescriptions recommended? Uh, how do you go about this in the office? What's your thoughts? Gout's, gout's tough. That's another thing I don't wish on people. Too, they used to call it the King's disease. So it's, it's everything. I believe it's tyramine. God, Marco, if you're still in this comment, will you like back me up on that? I think it's tyramine-rich foods. It's either purine or tyramine-rich foods cause gout. So everything a king would eat, which is alcohol, turkey leg, lobster, um, everything that was rich, like they got gout. Even to Queen Elizabeth, if you've ever seen uh, The Favorite, that's a really good movie with um, uh, Olivia Coleman, Rachel Wheats, and um, our wife and Emma Stone. No. She has gout in it, Queen Elizabeth. And it is, or Queen Victoria. I think it's Queen Victoria. Unbelievable movie. But you see gout in all of its glory then. So they do the naturals too for it because that's all they had back then. Some of it's, I, I believe, tart cherry juice is one, like tart cherry juice, uh, ginger, lemons, like vinegar, um, apple cider vinegar can help. Um, but really tart cherry juice is for prostate and gout. Um, and to that specific diet that is, um, um, Kali, what was I going to say? A, spe a specific diet that's um, purine or tyramine, like avoid it. Like you don't do those. Um, that will help too prescriptions, you're looking at allopurinol and you're looking at um, colchicine. Those are the ones that you can take. Some are for acute flares, some are for chronic use. Um, I'd probably try to get out of an acute flare and then try the naturals with nutritional intervention um, and tart cherry juice. Um, but if it continues to be a problem, some people just carry into carry uric acid. That's what is the main cause. You get uric acid crystals um, there's something called gout and pseudo gout and they get stuck in different areas and cause inflammation and pain. Mm. Uh, Cindy, I hope that helps. Uh, gout is such an interesting topic. I know it's a, um, very difficult to deal with. Um, so Ange, thank you for that answer. Um, uh, real quick, uh, there is some discussion here in the comments around eggs. Um, and I think, what did you recommend again? Cause Lucas apparently was recommending free range as well. Is that kind of, What's your thoughts? Yeah. Free range ultra pasteurized. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So to, well, anything, anything is close to like, so there's pasture raised, pasteurized, free range. So much of that too, if you look into like the conspiracy, th not conspiracy theories, but like, yeah. you know, people will say free range. It's like, well, is it free range or do they have like five feet to move instead of two inches mm. or pasture raised? It's like, well, is it really, or were they just fed grass? Um, you really do want to find chickens that are actually outside and not in a cage. You do. Those are just bet chick I, too. I know this is stupid. If, if the animal was not happy and depressed and lonely, like, cause animals have feelings just like humans do, because we're animals, you're not going to get a good product from that animal. The meat's not, it's almost like you're eating a sick animal. Yeah. So you want, you want to eat a healthy animal that's out there in the wild. So to, I would say free range and, and pasture raised is good, but also kind of look into the company that you buy the egg from. If you're going to buy like kind of a chain of eggs to see what it actually is, mm -hmm. to, to really do some research into it. Um, pasteurized, 
So pasteurization is going to kill kill bacteria. That's what it does. It's like milk is pasteurized. Oh, I think eggs, like pasteurized is more about killing bacteria, not pasteurized. Um, some people disagree with pasteurization. So some people will try to find raw dairy products instead of pasteurized uh, dairy products because you're getting the actual like pasteurization can kill a lot of the good stuff out of um, out of the dairy products as well. But you also are more prone to getting bacteria from them too. I think that's like a risk benefit. Closer to natural, better. Cage free, free range. Okay, thank you, Molly, for that. That's from uh, Lucas, our nutrition coach. Um, I want to put this up here real quick, guys. Y'all have been incredible. Um, what a group! What, what a rowdy crew! I saw uh, Rachel said, uh, "Have you heard the good news?" I have. Oh, I've heard it. You know, oh, have you heard the good news? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've heard it. Have you heard the good news? You know I what? Sure I, I think the good news was that you were on the show tonight, and I, for one, I'm going to give you a 10. Like, 1 to 10, we like to rate ourselves at the end of the show, and you were a 10 tonight. Guys, what, what do you think? If you're with us live tonight, how did Andy do? Did, was oh, he my 10? God. Y'all, I, I, I appreciate it, but I'm not much for, for, for live feedback. This is I, I was a 10. Way. Look at that. Dad would be proud. Oh, oh Cindy. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, guys, if you thought Andy did a 10, let, let us know. I think he did a 10. Uh, look at this. <laughs> Molly's 25. I mean, a 25 out of 10. I didn't even know that was impossible. Look at oh, this. Geez. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, my gosh. 20 from Amber. Yeah, Amber, this is incredible. That beautiful face. Look how beautiful Amber this is. This is incredible. Oh Allison saying, "Great show, guys. Uh, I love it. Uh, oh, so cool. Son. So cool." Fabian's so giving nice. us a ten. Uh, <laughs> oh no! I love oh, the eight point no. six. Hey, that's 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 honesty. You know what? Only a true friend would be that truly honest. Okay, so I appreciate the honesty. Rachel, we'll work on it. <laughs> I'll work on it. I'll get better. It's the lighting. It's the lighting. Uh, so, um, I, I, Tim, heck yeah. This so I, I just want to say, uh, Ben right now um, is demonstrating something for us. I know. Um, I know. I, I know what you're going to say. Out do you know what I'm going to say? I do. Go, and I want you to tell everybody because this is, you know, circle of trust. Circle of trust. And we're just going to share it with the group. Ladies and gentlemen, I bought Ben an Instapot for his birthday. Okay, like a good brother and sister. My sister and I, we, we yep. Kelly and I, we shared it. And we did joint gift. It was a month late. I know. Ben has used it once. <laughs> His birthday was in February. Gave it to him in March. He's used it once. And it didn't work, is what he said. I don't know. It didn't work. No. Did you not press the button that says go? I mean, I'm not <laughs> sure what didn't work out of it. And so um, Ben's uh, been trying to cook at home has not... Um, has not helped. So, so too, Ben is on his way to Chipotle right now. Um, to, 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 although Chipotle is actually pretty good and probably one of the better fast foods because at least cook it right there. But for the people um, who can we with... encourage, can we encourage Ben? Don't what? let that lighting, don't let that lighting fool you. Okay. Don't let that lighting fool you. <laughs> one, thing that, one thing that would encourage me if anybody like has any good, easy, easy, instant, pot uh recipes yes i got one ben put some damn meat in there and press go <laughs> yes. 
It's that easy. Put meat and a little bit of water in there and go, boom. I've, and then wa- I've watched later, vid- you just de-steam it. I've watched videos and it is confusing. It is like, do you press steam or do you press, and then like, how long do you steam it? It's, there's, I feel like the directions I've read were confusing. And I was thinking it was going to be like you a. Ju- ben, you just, you just press, you just press go. You just press go. <laughs> and then, and, and too, it's like, it's usually, they'll tell you, it's like, oh, about nine minutes. Boom. Go. Nine minutes. <laughs> High steam, high pressure, just go. All right, guys. So, uh, if you have any one, any Instant Pot recipes you like, let's put them in the comments. I'll be uh, looking at those tonight. Uh, I do want to improve in this area of my life. And, uh, you know, I'll be checking back in with everybody each Tuesday just to tell you how I'm doing on this journey, you know? <laughs> hey, Ben, I, do, I, I make fun of you, but I do love that journey for you. Look at that glowing skin. Look at that face. Oh, my God. How can you beat it? How um, can you beat it? Real quick, I'm going to put this up from Roel, then we're going to call it a show. Uh, High-protein diet, red meat, white and dark meat, and feels amazing when hungry. She eats fruit medley like strawberry, blueberries. Okay, that's what I thought. Oh, beautiful. See, the berries are high in antioxidants. I Of any of the fruits, I think that's best. Um, too, you get a little bit of different like processes with the white and dark meats. Some say it's like fast-twitch, slow-twitch muscles for like different muscle fibers that you're getting off of it, which I think is great. High protein is amazing. Um, high proteins are making sure that there's good amount of fats in there too. I think fats are really good for us. Um, but the berry choices, those are by far the best berries. Mm-hmm. Yes. Two, they think anything too with, with fruits and vegetables, it's what's endemic in your area. So like whatever you, if, if you live on an island and you're used to eating bananas because you've always been from there, you'll probably digest bananas well. But here in the mountains of East Tennessee, we're going to be more berries, more apples, um, cherries, things that th- those are going to be more endemic to our area. So I think I think that's a great thing. Uh, thank you for that, Roel. And man, thank you. You're the man. Thanks for this. This is great stuff, y'all. Great stuff. I love oh, it. Man. <laughs> Thanks, Guys, everybody, for joining in. This is like way more fun than Guys, I expected to be. I'm we not, love I'm you. not much of a... Like a this was incredible. <laughs> Guys in the comments, we love you. Andy, I love you, man. Thank you so much for, for hanging out tonight. I love you too, bro. Um, you're going to be coming back on the show here in a couple weeks. Guys, he's going to be with us live. I'm going to be back with Dr. Rogers on next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, 7, we do the Performance Medicine Show every single Tuesday, 7 p.m., YouTube and Facebook. Come join us every week. Uh, You guys are the bomb. We love you. The questions make the show amazing. So thank you so much for all the different questions that came in through uh, throughout the week as well as um, live with us tonight. D. Lynn, I see you. Thank you so much. Uh, We love you for being here. Uh, Grandma Mary, I love you. Uh, Thank you. I love you too, bro. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.